Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Souls Outside. We're going to get started today kind of talking about how to handle new topics a little bit, uh, because today we invite on Alex Smith, who's going to then go over with us an introduction to the ancient art of theology, which is a new topic for me, and one that, uh, well, it's a little bit new. So let's explore. Welcome to Souls Outside, where we're all about finding the trail to stay true to your path. We do this by inviting featured guests on every show to share with you how you can follow in their soul prints, so you can choose which trail maps you need to continue on your journey. My name is Shannon Pohl, and I'm loving having navigated my own pivot from engineering to now being a master results coach and hypnotherapist, plus a forest guide who loves going getting outside so we can learn from the nature, foster stewardship, and really amplify our successes, our successes by being outside in nature. I'm so excited to have you join our today's episode. Welcome to Souls Outside. All right, welcome everybody to Souls Outside. Uh, later today, I'm really excited to invite on Alex Smith, who's going to talk to us about on the topic of theology. Uh, which, to be honest, when I was reaching out for guests um, and you know met Alex and we started talking, I really had no idea what to talk about. It's one of those words that's a bit out there, not in a woo-woo sense, just in a, a beyond my normal circle. Um, so I know in previous episodes, we've talked about uh, expanding our model of the world and how looking through the lenses of different people. Um, we've talked a little bit about our amygdala and how there's that part of our brain that treats everything new as like scary and oh my goodness I don't I don't know if we should, if we should go there and it's kind of it's those kind of two concepts that really were rolling around in my head with this because it is expanding my model of the world to learn about theology um, and definitely one of those new ones where I was like I don't really know much about this I mean I grew up uh, I grew up in a Christian household and definitely have had many years of going to church and also many years of not going to church. And so, it's, well, stay tuned, listen, we'll dive into more theology uh, in a minute. And it's just one of those topics like I didn't really know what to expect. And I, I quite liked it. I thought it was cool to like learn and expand out and the, I don't know, stay tuned, listen, um, and decide for yourself. We'll definitely share resources as always on how to continue your own journeys. And I think we'll just chat a little bit about um, religion and spirituality because I know that's been a big part of my journey is understanding uh, the different roles um, of religion and spirituality. A lot of times in our society we see them as opposing forces, as things that are working against each other when really, I mean for the most part, uh, there's okay again short time period right now, we're not diving into the whole topic. Um, however, you know, at one of its basis, religion is, is guided by someone else, something else, another, uh, so an organization. So whichever, um, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, oh, Muslim, a whole bunch of others that I cannot name because I have not studied um, religion. It's something I would always wished I had. Total side note, I wish I had... There was sometimes, not a lot of times, sometimes that I wish that I'd gone to a Catholic high school because there was a world religions class. 
and I just thought that would be so cool to to study all the different religions. And while I've done a little bit of study, there's definitely a lot more out there. Um, maybe that'll be one of our a future guests uh, on Souls Outside. So bringing it back with religion, um, there's always um, there's a structure to it. Um, not that there is no sp structure with spirituality, but there's that you know there's um, some sort of leader and who's leading and guiding you through um, the the rules, the regulations, the scriptures, the the steps. There's just much more of a structure of we do this and then we do that and then we do this and then we do that uh, going through. And it's through following these steps and these paths that you are building up your your practice, your religious connection, your um, your connection, your pathway to God, to spirit, to your higher higher power, um, whatever word you use but there's it's very clearly defined steps um and it's very much about yeah like do this and then and then good things will happen uh which we've seen a lot in our society it's by no means strictly uh, a religious concept there's all over our society there is the you know stay on the sidewalk and you will safely get to your destination we've got rules everywhere although keeping us safe and now with spirituality these rules kind of evolve into more like guiding principles in a lot of cases. And so there's a, that's where I think we can get a lot of that like woo-woo perception of many spiritual practices. Cause there's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's different. There's more about the guiding principles and the concepts um, than specific thou shalt do rules. Um, yeah. And, and then, so that's where we get a lot more, um, it's, it, again, it's just different and different experiences for different people. And I think that's something that we all need to keep in mind is again, if we go back to the model of the world conversation, what works for you is going to be what is going to be different than what works for your neighbor. And so when we look at spirituality, there's a lot, it's more, it's more self-driven. And so that's where these guiding principles and what what do I need in this moment to continue that relationship to get me further to my higher power, power, the higher being, whatever that is, even if you don't believe in one, um, just what is your philosophy of life? Um, there's a little bit more of that. And I think, I know in my own studies and my own journey so far and so much more to, to learn and explore, which I'm excited about, um and in my own experience so far it there can be that push pull between the two of them and also there's a space for both of them because just like uh when we're learning to ride a bike if we just hop on the big two to big adult size two-wheeler um from the beginning we're gonna have like no idea what's going on but if we follow some steps at the beginning um you know if we ride the small bike with the training wheels or those cool bikes that I see today that the pedals flip in so kids can just like walk, run while sitting on a bike so they can learn balance, I think are so cool. With those, so you get used to the balance and then you go to the training wheels so you can still teeter balance while still pedaling. And then you get rid of the training wheels but you're in a small bike so if something happens, like you just put your feet out and it's all okay. Um, then that's what gives us choice later on because we follow these steps at the beginning then we get into choice of, ooh, do we want to ride the big fancy two-wheeler? Do we want a smaller, smaller bike? Do you want to get one of those collapsible foldable bikes that look kind of weird and at the same time are so practical for living in the city? 
Or do we go on and learn how to ride a unicycle and then learn how to juggle on a unicycle because that's cool. So, you know, there's by doing some of the steps at the beginning, I mean, you could follow and keep going on the steps if you just keep getting a bigger bike and the same type of bike. Or then you begin having choice and we get to, you know, self-direct it to a unicycle or maybe we get into to cycling as like racing or just road bikes and the really sleek thin lightweight bikes that go really fast uh, or do we get into mountain biking and you know get more of that outdoor experience uh, on the trails and the trees going over roots and rocks and doing that or going down mountains that um, apparently people do in the summer instead of skiing down them they ride their bikes or you get the big fat tired ones um, and go on the sand or the dunes uh, as we saw people doing in Australia so there's just all these options and possibilities that they can work hand in hand because also even when you do decide to ride a unicycle there's some best practices and some steps on getting started with that that yes you could do self-taught or you could follow some steps and probably get a head start on it so just some things that wanted to you know open up loosen it up um, as this is a bit of a different topic today uh, for four souls outside and that's kind of the point is where where are you in your journey and what do you need and Maybe these are the soul prints that are the missing piece for you to be able to continue on your path. So keep, keep listening, keep watching. Um, and in a moment, we'll bring on Alex Smith. All right, welcome everybody. So today we have with us Alex Smith who's going to share a little bit with us about his journey, about how he got into theology, and then later explain some of the ancient art of theology, which I know I'm fascinated about because I've only ever really heard the term. Um, so it's going to be a great learning experience for myself and all of you. So welcome, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're very happy to have you. And I mean, really, I'm going to turn it over to you to hear about, you know, how, how did you end up getting into theology, exploring it, learning about it, what right. led you to this place? Yeah, so I mean, I, I grew up in a Christian home, but over time, there was a time in my life where I kind of drifted. When I came back, it was kind of, there was a relearning process, but it was mostly just about the relationship for me, which is good. That, that's good. That's kind of what it's all about. But as I got older, my best friend for at the time, it was probably near a decade. I'd mm. known him for quite a while. Yep. He actually, he got sucked into a bit of a cult or almost got sucked into one. Mm. And just helping him walk through that time, walk out of that time, it makes you, it does make you reflect on, you know, I've known this person for forever. And if they can get sucked in, how easily can I get sucked in? So that kind of led me into a place where I wanted to start learning more about the, I, I guess you could call it, it really is an art and a science of theology, hmm. which not only helps me safeguard myself, but helps me help friends from getting uh, sucked into stuff like that. Okay. And I know you're going to give us uh, a little bit more of an overview in our next section and just so we can really stay on track with you. Can you give us like a, a little bit of what theology means and what you, like what is this practice or the, what have you explored? Right. 
Yeah, so um, theology is kind of a broad term of it's a study. So the study of theology is trying to understand God, trying to understand our connection to God, trying to understand our connection to others as through a relationship, uh, um, I guess you could say, implemented by God. But uh, overall, it's kind of a study in what leads to doctrine, which is what we see most churches built on. So. Mm. Okay, so really that relationship and how then that's translated into what we see in a traditional church environment. Right, right, okay. yeah. And so can you share with us a little bit more about like why, why did you decide to dive deeper into the study of the relationship? What was it that was right. important to you? So like I said earlier, um, him getting sucked into a cult. I mean, theology is, it's an understanding of God and our relationship to God. By understanding that, we can then understand what the counterfeits are. So when we see someone standing up creating a cult, we can then spot it by through the study of theology, through the study of holding what they say up against what, uh, you know, scripture has within it. Uh, but it the thing is, it doesn't just stop there. Once you get sucked into stuff like that, it's something that keeps on going. Next thing you know, uh, you're learning about eschatology, which is a study of how people believe that the end times are going to play out. Most people think of it as all rapture stuff, but it's not. There's entire large positions that believe that there is no rapture. So uh, just, yeah, it's definitely a study. Um, okay, interesting. I'm really excited for our next section uh, to dive a little bit deeper um, in, in the ancient art of theology. Um, and I guess now I'm curious to know, like, how does, how does nature play into this? I know um, in your, when we talked earlier and shared, like you mentioned something about the outdoors being real and that there's nothing fake about it. Right. How does that right. Yeah, so a lot of times in our lives when we, I mean, like I'm saying in my house right now, I can look all around me. A lot of this stuff is uh, man-made. I mean, receipts are made of paper, which is derived from trees and stuff. But it's like when you step out into nature, it's very different. If you're taking a hike, you see the actual trees. You don't see the processed stuff that... Um, that our materials are made out of. And it really is a different experience because it's going back to what I believe is creation, what has been created by God's own hand. Uh, not that we shouldn't be building our own stuff, but it really is. It's, it's a connection. And like we, we see that in, in the Bible um, in Romans one, it talks about how, uh, man can look around at nature and everything about God and his attributes are clearly perceived through nature. Uh, God and his attributes is really what theology is all about. So when you step into nature, you see that living theology, to be honest. Mm. So. Okay. Very cool. I like the living, just like when people can describe them as living. So like a living theology, a living practice, something that's growing and evolving all the time. Um, right. So I think that's a beautiful connection. And so for yourself, uh, is hiking an important element of your life then? Oh yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorite things to do. I do try to um, 
spend as much spare time in nature as I can. Uh, my job kind of keeps me in nature to a certain extent, but there's just something about taking a hike through the woods. It's just like nothing else. I would definitely agree with you there. There's nothing better than just getting outside and being around nature. It's fully yeah. immersed in that, mm -hmm. in the living presence. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing with us a little bit about your story. Um, and everyone stay tuned. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper and get it. Well, a deeper introduction to the ancient art of theology uh, in just a moment. All right, welcome back everyone. So today we still have with us Alex Smith um, and we're about to dive into an introduction to the ancient art of theology. So Alex, I will, I'll turn it over to you. Right, so uh, like I've already said, theology is kind of this very broad study, and a lot of things fall under its umbrella. Um, but most notably, it leads to doctrine. I've also already mentioned that, which is what a lot of people, a lot of you are probably, if you go to a church or something, are familiar with creeds and confessions. You've at least heard of them. Liturgical churches still use them. Other churches kind of They've kind of forgotten about them over time, uh, but like the Orthodox Church and Catholic Church also use creeds and confessions a lot. But so a lot of people just think that theology is kind of a Christian concept, like it had to start sometime way back when Christianity was invented or whatever. But really, our religion, if you look at it, is a variation of Judaism. We We just developed off the back end of Judaism. It was a split in ideas back when uh, Christ was on earth. There was two paths. Uh, the Christians believed that he was the Messiah. The Jews still to this day believe the Messiah has not uh, come yet. But we borrow our idea of theology from them. They would used to develop councils and all sorts of stuff to figure out uh, what was good and what was bad. They had very specific positions for each thing, like they had scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees. All of these people had very specific jobs in trying to maintain the theological integrity of their religion. And it, it did help. It kept um it kept less cults from developing. It kept uh less really and there is if you look at some of the ancient stuff there is some really weird beliefs that came out of it and they weren't cults but it was just some generally very strange stuff um so the early church kind of that's what where they were coming from they create all these councils and stuff you see when you're looking at the church that we didn't really start writing down our theology, creeds, and confessions until after 200 AD, most of the time after 400 AD. And that was because during this time, there was a lot of confusion within like the Christian circles because most of them were still being heavily persecuted. So it was very hard to organize and start figuring out what was what. I, I mean, I'm Protestant, so uh, the next part's a little bit flavored through the Protestant lens, I guess you could say. But um, so what happened after that was you had 
what was deemed as heresies and whatnot in the early church around, I think it was like 200, 250 AD that like Arianism came into existence. And that was the belief that uh, Jesus was not a divine person. And that is why you see, you'll kind of see if you study early church history around 400, that's why the very first like creeds, confessions, and councils dealt with this stuff is because this was the stuff that was creeping in during the early church. So over time, that was kind of the developing phase of the church. After that, when the Catholic church came into existence, um, they started doing their own stuff. And eventually when the Protestants um, started the Reformation because they disagreed with the theology of the Catholic church, they split off. And that's why nowadays you don't really see too much. You don't see a unified council trying to figure all this stuff out. That's why you never hear about in your Baptist church or whatever. Well, our council just rolled that heresy or whatever, because we lost a bit of that structure. But what we can do today, and you know, this may be for the better, honestly, um, we can still study as individuals, theology, the pursuit of trying to figure out what it's all about. And I mean, like I said, I think that's important because we, we can know all this stuff, but if we don't have love, if we don't have a relationship, it's nothing. That's what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, you know, I, I can speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if I don't have love, I'm just a clanging symbol. That's loosely paraphrased, but mm. it's, yeah, it really comes down to that. So it, honestly, it may be in some ways better that we've moved away to a more individual pursuit of theology because it does nurture a more um, loving, uh, a, a more loving base rather than just a structural base. And because uh, a lot of people do get wrapped up fairly easily in more of the theology than the love itself when they're looking into it. Okay, so if I'm understanding you, our theology is about the, the relationship um, with God and studying that in the different pathways um, right. as well, and with a big a love lens, like in how there's like a, right. the love flow and connection through right. that relationship. Yeah, we definitely need that. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. Um, are there any other, like how can people who, especially since it is such an individual practice, or study now, um, how can people learn more? Because I know that's always a thing. You, you get interested in something, you're like, how do right, I do more? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, um, the people I would suggest, and I mean, this is just me, so keep that in mind, but uh, I've been really enjoying James White late, lately. Uh, just a warning, he's one of those people that's very, very easy to disagree with him. He's very opinionated. I disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but when it comes to the early church history, like I was just talking about, he's one of the most knowledgeable people out there. So if you want to learn more about that, I'd suggest that. Um, Desiring God, John Piper's Desiring God ministry, also very good. They they tend to focus more on the relationship between us and God. Again, I disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but you know, I, you just, you have to learn to discern and glean through mm -hmm. what's 
what's good, what's not. Um, and Stephen Bancura's also, I highly suggest Stephen Bancura's and he's, um, he's very good at pointing out the stuff in Christianity that has been borrowed by like, I mean, borrowed from other religions and stuff. Mm. Um, and yeah, if you really want to develop your Christian faith, it's nice to be aware of what you've, what you've gotten from where, and that's why I suggest that for sure. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So those are three awesome resources. Uh, we'll make sure we get some, the, the names and links uh, into the, the description, the show notes for everyone so they can follow along. Um, and I'm hoping everyone can reach out to you if they have some questions. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Feel free to reach out to me. And I do have a podcast as well called the Reawaken Podcast. It's uh, It pursues a very specific part of uh, theology and the study of how the um, Old Testament applies to our lives today. So Okay. Awesome. So some really great ways for people to continue continue following in your soul prints. Um, and explore on their own. Um, excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I know for me, it's opened up uh, some new, new ideas, new pathways that I haven't explored before, which is always, it's always fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, giving us a good snapshot into something that I think is misunderstood by, by a lot of people. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you. And uh, for everyone listening and watching, uh, we'll see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining us today on Souls Outside. And we hope you enjoyed walking in our featured guest soul prints as much as we did. As always, we like to wrap up each episode with our extreme gratitude and appreciation for our founding sponsors who quite literally made it possible for Souls Outside to become a reality. First off, special thanks goes to Eche Savas and her company Palindrome Design for the amazing cover art and noting that their sponsorship comes in support of their passion project, Self Build Sustainable. We'd also like to thank Chuck Henry for his amazing music, original music that is featured throughout the episode. And of course, Elise Cannon, our amazing editor who quite literally made it possible for any of these episodes to see the light of day. They probably would still be on a hard drive on my computer without her expertise, skill, and passion for editing. So we thank them so, so, so much. And until next time, we hope you enjoy your journey and continue following in the soul prints of those who have gone before. Hey, one last thing before you go. If you wish you could talk about this episode with myself, our future guests, or other like-minded individuals like yourself, uh, join us on Facebook or LinkedIn in our Souls Outside Facebook and LinkedIn groups. On Facebook, we do watch parties, uh, both with awesome conversations about what we talked about and are able to answer your questions on how you can go even further on your soul print journey. See you there.